Welcome to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I'm Michelle Davey. And I'm Christelle. And it's Monday the 29th of March. The start of World Autism Awareness Week. And this is the Let's Talk Autism podcast marathon. This week, as part of the National Autistic Society's Super 7 Challenge, we will be recording seven podcasts a day for the seven days of World Autism Awareness Week. That's 49 podcasts in a week. It sure is. We better get on with it, Christelle. Let's go. Roll tiles. Really excited to welcome back onto the Let's Talk Autism podcast marathon. We have got Becky from the PDA Bubble. Hello, Becky. Hi, Becky. Hiya. Now, Becky, when you was with us last, you're going to be shocked, I think, to know this. Did you know... And we've done 50 podcasts now, Christelle. Yes. That your podcast was our biggest downloaded podcast on record. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I am sure. You are our celebrity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we have an award ceremony in years to come, when, you know, we're allowed to be in the same room and it's going to be like most downloadable podcast episode, it's going to be you, Becky. That's your name's on that trophy. Yeah. yeah, I should let's just start blogging again, shouldn't I? You should. <laughs> now, you came on and spoke to us about PDA. And PDA, I mean, we learned so much from you that day when you spoke to us about PDA. Give us a little recap of what's been going on and, and how PDA is in your life. Yeah, so basically, I've got one child. Um, she's nearly eight now. Um, she was diagnosed with autism when she was three. At the time, she was diagnosed with a demand avoidant profile because our county council do not diagnose PDA specifically and she had a few other diagnoses as well I can't remember so what was it that they diagnosed at first so she was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder with a demand significant demand avoidant profile okay yeah okay yeah so quite a lot's happened since then obviously lockdown um I reapplied for an EHCP and my daughter also changed schools because we moved from one like education trust uh, to another. So I basically, she started her new school and because it was in a different primary care trust, I had to refer everything over to that, which took quite a lot of time and quite a lot of phone calls. And then when she started her new school, even though she'd just been rejected for an EHCP, I had to build up the body of evidence again in the new school. So, yeah, that took quite a lot of time. Um, and she is like quite an anxious school refuser. So um, it was kind of the school couldn't give the EHCP assessment mm. evidence. Um, but luckily in a way, because lockdown happened, they sort of conceded and said that we could give evidence from home learning. So we sent some work that she'd done at home. Yeah, and then we just built up sort of like a big enough body of evidence that we could reapply for the EHCP. And we're waiting to go through and be assessed at the moment. Okay. So it's a waiting game now, is it? Yeah, I think um, when you submit the application, you have six weeks where they have to sort of come back and decide mm-hmm. whether they're going to assess. Yes. So um, last time 
I think I had so much going on I couldn't um deal with appealing but this time if they got, yeah. it, I'm just going hard into the appeal <laughs> you've got the strength for it now yeah and the fire yeah. oh that's good and you mentioned that you you've moved I wanted to see what is it like moving with autistic child and a child that has PDA yeah it's not great <laughs> yeah and how is your child with the PDA now go they're back at school right so have they found a transition uh yeah so again um lockdown has kind of helped her because every child couldn't go to school so the demand of having to go to school was sort of alleviated but then I was that easy for you in a way Becky because I know some days (laughs) some days for me I was a bit like this is so much easier and dreading going back to actual school run routines yeah no for my daughter like good because there was no pressure Uh, but for me I found that really quite daunting quite claustrophobic sort of no I need to have a day an end goal to work towards or I get claustrophobic and I like I just need some I need a date I need definite to sort of work towards as sort of lockdown went on and a lot of the children with the HCPs already were classed as sort of vulnerable and were allowed to go to school I sort of thought to myself this is like the ideal atmosphere to her for her to try and go in when there's less children so I sort of suggested to the school that it would be a good time to start trying to like introduce her back into the classroom because we tried to do um, like the reduced timetables and it just wasn't working. Um, she sort of, she needs me to support or a one-to-one. And as she doesn't have a one-to-one because she doesn't have the HCP yet, I'm the only thing that will get her into school. Um, so luckily the Senko at her school has been amazing and really accommodating. And so at the moment, um, myself and my daughter go into school twice a week for one hour in the afternoon and we basically just go to the library and do nurture activities and from that point we're trying to sort of build her trust and eventually build up the amount of time that she's in school um and it's actually working and it's actually going really well and that's fantastic to hear and Becky we're so happy to hear from you thank you so much Becky for joining us it's been a pleasure and we wish you all of the best you too thanks so much for doing this like I don't know how you have the time to do it nor do we Becky nor do we (laughs) bye bye